Well, you made it. I hope you have a, just a little moment of peace to just sit and kind of take it all in and just rest from whatever busyness of this day or week or this season has been for you. I know some of you have a lot of uh, prep left to do. You know, some of you will be up late into the night uh, preparing things, hopefully not shopping because you're, you're, uh, it'd be a little tricky at this point. Um, this guy right here, I set a new record for myself today. I finished all my wrapping this morning. That's like by, by far a record for me personally. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty proud of myself. Um, felt like I could kind of enter into this without having to think too much about that stuff. Um, but it's good. And my prayer is that you just be able to, whatever the business of the season has been, just to be able to kind of take it in and over the next uh, day or so or however long your celebration will go to just get a little bit of a break. It's tough to always be on and always be active. And I know that especially seasons like leading up to Christmas can be one of those times you get especially busy. Uh, it reminds me of, of the scene in the classic Christmas movie, White Christmas, uh, where the, the Phil Davis character played by Danny Kaye and the Bob Wallace character by, uh, played by um, Bing Crosby, of course, uh, were having a conversation and I don't know if you've seen this movie. It's only been out for like 70 years. But um, we watch it every year. When we put the tree up, we put White Christmas on. So we, uh, we love this. But there, there, there's a scene. Of course, they, these are two army buddies who, after the war, they go into show business together. They become very successful. But the Bob Wallace character becomes a real workaholic. And it's starting to bother Phil Davis. So Phil confronts him. And he says, ever since the day we became producers, you are a changed man. You've gone absolutely berserk with work. And he says, from that day on, I haven't had one minute I can call my own. And Bob says, well, what do you want me to do about it? And Phil says, I want you to get married, and I want you to have nine children. And if you only spend five minutes a day with each kid, that's 45 minutes, and at least I'd have time to go out and get a massage or something. So, and then the rest of the movie is uh, Phil Davis, all the antics of him trying to set up uh, the Bob Wallace character with the, with the woman and, and so that he could get his just moment of peace. And he goes to great lengths to just to try to get his little moment of peace. I think we might feel that way sometimes. We say, I'd do just about anything to just get a moment of peace and just be able to relax a little. But think about this. Even better than just a moment of peace, what if we could live lives of peace? What if we could experience peace that was enduring, that was with us all the time? I mean, that would be, that would be nice. Tonight we consider the song of the angels. And it's a song of peace. It starts with you know, one angel who goes to the birds in the field and frightens them and says that the, that the Messiah has been born, that there's a child, that this is good news of great joy uh, for all the people. And then, and then it's not just one angel, but now there's a whole army of angels in the sky. And they declare glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace on, the, on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. Or the old King James translation is, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. It's a peace on earth message. I mean, this is an iconic phrase, of course, of the season. You, we have decorations with angels that say, peace on earth. Or you get a Christmas card, and it, it's peace on earth with pictures of your family. And it's a, peace on earth. It's a, it's a beautiful concept. We, we want it. We, uh, we want to experience this kind of a peace on earth. And we sing about it, 
The angels sang about it. They were confident to sing it when Jesus was born. And we sing about it. The song's like the song, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. And the refrain of each verse is, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And actually, we're going to have that sung for us in a little bit. But that particular song, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, is a really interesting song. It's based on a poem. I want to tell you a little bit about it because the story behind the poem is, I find it interesting if you're not familiar with it. Uh, but of course, it's, it's, a, it's a poem written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in 1863, a famous American poet, uh, New Englander. He was born in Maine and lived in Cambridge, Massachusetts at the time. Most famous for writing Paul Revere's Ride, you know, one if I land, two if I see, and I on the opposite shore will be ready to ride and spread the alarm and so on and so forth. You know that one. Uh, but Christmas Bell is another famous uh, poem. He wrote it on Christmas Day, 1863. And it begins with this beautiful scene of just church bells ringing throughout Cambridge and kind of uh, singing the same song of the season. So here's the, the first verse of the poem is this. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and mild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Again, it's the song of the, angel, of the angels again. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. And it goes on. And thought of how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's Christmas sounds and Christmas vibes and just that moment. And you can almost picture, you know, 19th century Cambridge, Massachusetts and all the church bells and all the music and just getting caught up in the Christmas vibe. And we get caught up in the Christmas vibe. Sometimes just our favorite music or just the lights or just the food, the decorations and being with loved ones. You know, just you get caught up in that. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and if this was just a poem about good Christmas vibes, I bet it would be pretty popular. But the poem takes a little bit of a twist on us. And the next stanza says this. Then, from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south. And with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was, is, it was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the houses born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. He's talking about the cannon fire of the U.S. Civil War, which was going on at the time. And as much as it was nice to hear all the bells and the churches and the music, he knows that there's cannon fire. He knows that he's in a nation at war, and it was shaking the nation. And it it goes against, it, it really sings against the, it, it drowns out the singing of the angels and the singing of the, of the bells and the ringing of the bells. And then in the sixth stanza, the poem says, and in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. There's war and there's hate and you can ring bells all you want, but Longfellow says there is no peace on earth because there's too much war, there's too much hate, and the reality of our world betrays the song of the angels. But I think it's important at this point to remember that it's not just what was going on in the world 
that was weighing on Longfellow as he writes this poem. It was also his personal life. He had been through some serious losses in his own life. When Longfellow, he, he was married as a young man, his wife, his first wife died after, from complications of a miscarriage she had had, 22 years old. So he lost his wife. He found love again, and he remarried, had a number of children. And his second wife, uh, one night, was sealing letters with uh, sealing wax. And Longfellow was taking a nap. She was sealing letters. And if it was the candle or the hot wax or something, her dress caught on fire. And she was being burned, and she was screaming. And Longfellow woke up, and he tried to extinguish the flames on his wife. And he became severely burned in this accident. He got the flames out, but she succumbed to her injuries and died the next day. He was so badly injured by his own burns in that fire that he was not able to go to his wife's funeral. That was just two years before he wrote this poem. Then the year he wrote this poem, his oldest son, Charlie, left home, unannounced, left home and joined the Union Army to fight in the Civil War. And then in November of that year, he was shot. He was shot in the shoulder, and the bullet went through his, basically through his back out the other shoulder and grazed his spine. If it was a, maybe a half inch in the other direction, it could have easily paralyzed or killed him. And that was in November. And here in December of the same year, he's, he's writing this poem. So picture... Picture this. This is a man. He's 57 years old. He's twice widowed. He has six children. His oldest child has just been shot. And he's in a... He's, the nation is at war, the, the Civil War. So you can understand why he might hear the bells ringing and playing all this music and say, you know what? No. There's no, there's no peace on earth. Not this year. And I think we could feel that way too. That there's the condition of our world and there's wars in our world. There's hatred in our world. I mean, just look what happened to our mission partner in Haiti. And and these children had to escape off their property because of the gang violence in their neighborhood. Looking for, they're they're safe, you know, but they're looking for a new home. But we see these things and we say, wow, is, is there really peace on earth? Or not just the condition of our world, but even our own lives, our own hearts, our losses, Loved ones who we've lost, relationships that are broken, whatever, is, whatever difficulty we face. The question is, is Longfellow right that there is no peace on earth, goodwill to men? You know, did the angels kind of oversell this event when Jesus was born by declaring that there was peace on earth? Well, the answer to that question comes at the end of the poem. And here's what Longfellow writes. So then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. He's having all these thoughts of despair, and at the same time, those bells just keep ringing the song of the angels, and it's a, they're ringing louder, and they're ringing deeper and truer, that God's truth is deeper, and God's truth is louder, and it is truer. Why? Well, it's because of Christmas. In our text, in verse 20, 
it says that after the angels had visited the Christ child, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. When God says that something's going to happen, it's going to happen. That God is good on his promises. When God says something, it is true. When God's messengers, these angels, say peace on earth, it is true that peace has come to earth in Jesus Christ. Even just Jesus' birth is the fulfillment of promises and prophecies about the Messiah, about where he would be born, that he would be born of a virgin, that he would be a descendant of King David. And then throughout his life and his ministry, over and over again, Jesus fulfilling promises of God, fulfilling prophecies of God in, in all that he did. And over, over 300 prophecies Jesus fulfilled in his life and ministry. Or over 400, depending on how you count them. My point is that when God says that peace has come on earth, he's not lying. It is certain and it is true that peace has come. And even someone like Longfellow, with all of his losses and all that he experienced, a deep inner peace in the midst of war, in the, in the midst of grieving his wife, in the midst of being worried about his son who was shot. Um, and there, there are those things in our world that cause us, they may cause us to despair, but a baby is born, and God declares peace. And it's a special kind of peace. It's the peace of God. And it's the peace between us and God. You see, the world is broken, yes. But Jesus coming to this earth is, is God's kingdom coming to this world to start things new, to, to bring healing where there's brokenness, to bring new life where there is death. That when Jesus started his ministry on this earth, he said the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. And he proclaimed it. And by his life and his miracles, he demonstrated it. And through his death and resurrection, he accomplished it on the cross. You know what happened on that cross? This is what the Bible says. Romans chapter 4. It says, Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. That when he came to this world, he came to save us from our sin and our brokenness, which, which we contribute to, which we experience the sinfulness of the world. He came to die for that, for our justification. Justification is just if I had never done it, to give us forgiveness and new life. And the next verse, Romans 5.1, is, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That when we've experienced, when we've received this great gift of what he gave us to save us, we can experience true peace from God. We can experience his healing power in our life. We can bring that healing power into the world to push against the darkness around us. It's a whole new life. What it means is that you are forgiven, that you are not guilty, that God is not counting your sins against you, that you are not condemned that God loves you so much that he would send his son to die for you. That your past does not control your future. That you can have peace with God. That he's making you new. That he's making all things new. And you can be part of that by faith. In our world, because we all experience the, the, the weight of the world, people will try to find peace in all kinds of different ways. But true peace can only be found in God. St. Augustine said this. He said, Our hearts are restless until we find our rest in him. 
true rest, true peace. But what about the wars? What about the ongoing losses of life? We need to remember that God is not done, that God is not sleeping. God is not dead. He does not sleep, as the poem says, or as Psalm 121 says, he who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. That God is at work in this world. And his kingdom continues to advance in the midst of the darkness. And Christ will return and fully accomplish and complete all of God's restoring work in this world. And the the wrong will fail and the right will prevail. So he's not done with this world and he's not done with you. As we enter into faith, we trust God's word, Philippians chapter 1, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He's not done in this world, and he's not done with you. And my question is, where are you with this? If you by faith have received this gift of salvation, this gift of God's peace given to you because of the work of Jesus on the cross, then I pray that this story, that this night would remind you that you can experience God's peace, that God is not sleeping, he is not dead. You can celebrate fully this year. Whatever your celebration over the next day or days to come is going to be, just enter it fully and just know the peace of God as you celebrate, as you gather. And bring the peace of God with you and share it with others in every way. But perhaps tonight you need that peace. You feel like you lack that peace. Maybe you feel like Longfellow in that poem that you feel like, you know, there's just no peace on earth. Tonight you can turn your faith to God who is at work, who can bring you his peace. And you can receive Jesus Christ by faith and all that he offers us. And you can put a stake in the ground and say, you know what? Christmas 2022 was, Christmas Eve was the night that I put my faith in Jesus Christ and received all of the blessings of God through that. And I'm going to give you a chance to pray that, but at this time I want to welcome up Adam Lavoy and Fernando and they're going to, He's going to sing the song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, and then I'm going to come back up and pray for us. Adam.
Let us pray. And if you, if you want that peace and you need that peace and you want to receive it by faith, you could just pray something like this silently to yourself. Dear God, I thank you for what you've done to save this world, for sending your son Jesus to become a, a victim of the evil of this world, to die on a cross in my place and to bring us hope and peace and salvation and new life. And I receive it by faith. Be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and guide me in your way that I might be part of your kingdom here on earth to bring light and life into, into darkness. Father, I praise you for all that you've done, for all that you give us, for your many blessings in this world, Lord. And we, we feel the weight of the brokenness of this world in different ways, and I pray for those who are hurting right now. I just pray that you would comfort and give peace where it's needed, Lord, healing, restoration, that we might leave this place filled with your spirit in such a way that we might persevere, and that we might have hope. We might be lifted above all of these things to know and to celebrate your peace. We thank you that you are a good God and a loving Father to us. We pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.